Hi everyone, and welcome back or welcome to the Finding Balance podcast. This is Tom Ford, and as you probably know by now, I believe that success in our inner world leads to success in our outer world. And what I mean by that is if we better understand ourselves and the reason why we do things, then I think we're far better equipped to go out and aim and strive and try to achieve anything that we set our minds to. And I think the best way that we can do that is to ask ourselves better questions, such as, why am I really doing this? What do I really value? What is actually important to me? And I think as we begin that journey of exploration and exploring the answers and asking different questions of our own choosing, then I think it helps us to realise that success is something that can be achieved on a daily, momentary basis and not based on something happening externally. And I believe what that does is it just creates a hell of a lot more space to just enjoy whatever it is that we're doing, to experience it more fully. And when we're working from that higher place, I believe that success in the external form just comes as a byproduct. And that's really what gave me the inspiration to start this podcast, was to better understand this inner world, the inner dynamic of people who are, who are really achieving a lot in the world, uh, and particularly in the squash world, players at all different stages of their careers and coaches as well. And I hope what that would help us to do is to get a slightly more balanced perspective on the many different forms of success and the many different paths that can be walked in order to get there. In today's episode, I took the trip to Hull to the British Open to have a conversation with Camille Serm. Camille is the best French female player of all time so far, so I don't think she needs any further introduction than that. However, that wasn't always her intention. She she started playing tennis when she was younger and only moved to squash after a few years. Um, and despite the, the huge amount of success that she achieved in the juniors, she always claimed that she was just having fun. She always just loved playing. It was never about the results. We talk a lot about uh, how balance is important for her, specifically in terms of having another focus, in particular doing something academically. And and we talk about the various different ways that she has been able to fulfill that need through varying stages of her life. We talk about what she considers to be the worst or the most challenging moment of her career and the the changes that it forced her to make and and the way that she uh, managed to turn that around into almost one of her most memorable moments very shortly afterwards. And we also go quite deeply into stress, how it manifests for her, how she thinks of it, and how she's learned to manage it for herself. Uh, So I think there's a lot in this conversation that that you can take from it from a a personal level, just to enjoying how she explains and interprets her own journey to this point. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you do too. Here's Camille Sam. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome back, or welcome to the Finding Balance podcast. I'm Tom Ford, and my guest today is Camille Serm. Camille is the current world number six, and she's had a highest world ranking of world number two in last year, February. In 2015, she became the first French woman to win the British Open, beating Laura Massaro in the final. 
in 2016. She won the US Open, beating the world number one, Norel Shabini. And in the 2016-2017 season, she was the only woman to win two World Series titles and got the Player of the Year award. Camille, thanks for mm-hmm. making the time to come on. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're sat here in Hull for the British Open, um, two years on from when you, you had that famous victory against Laura, uh, or just the famous victory of the tournament. Um, I guess, how does it feel to be back? Yeah, I'm uh, happy to be back uh, in England for the British Open. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, winning the British Open two years ago, uh, three years ago, actually. Um, How was it? 2015, 2015 yeah, yeah. My maths are terrible. It <laughs> uh, was amazing. It was my first uh, big uh, win ever, my biggest win ever. So, um, yeah, it's one of the biggest tournaments on the tour and... Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, trying to enjoy my squash and uh, see how it goes. Mm. You've really kind of established yourself as one of the the top players in the world. And I guess it, it's becoming a bit more of a familiar routine for you now. Um, but is is this kind... Did you always imagine that you would be here, like in this situation? Is it something you thought about like as a, as a young person and as a junior, maybe? Um, not really. When I... When I started playing squash, um, I was just having fun with my friend Colleen, actually. Okay, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I don't think we ever thought we could uh, reach this level. Mm. Um, it's just uh, when I started, you know, being a French champion when I was a kid, um, I was just hoping for more results, but then it kept on um, getting better and better. And uh, yeah, one day I dreamed I would. Uh, win those big uh, titles but uh, I didn't know if I could make it. Hmm. So how old were you when you were training with Com- uh, Colleen when you were younger? Uh, we started when we were seven years old Okay. yeah and uh, then yeah we we know each other actually since we were four years old because we yeah. we first played uh, tennis together. All right yeah. Okay so how, how come you made the transition to squash? Actually, uh, the club we were playing in um, was uh, a big uh, sport, sports club with a lot of uh, different sports. And uh, when we were seven, um, Colin wanted to try squash. They were just the courts were just next to the tennis courts. And actually, Philippe Signore, the the coach, was already there, and um, he kind of saw um, um, how we would say like uh, good qualities uh, in both of us mm-hmm. for squash. And um, uh, we both played tennis and squash in the same time for a year. And then um, I chose to play only squash because I had more fun. Mm-hmm. Colin played a bit more tennis, I think, for maybe two years. And what was it about squash that, you know, you found more interesting or that um, captivated you more than tennis? I thought it was more fun as a kid. Like I had, uh, maybe I... I thought it was uh, easier to uh, catch the ball and uh, hit the ball against the wall instead of at the tennis. Uh, I remember the ball was and the, the racket were quite heavy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing, the thing that I loved about it, I didn't necessarily play so many other sports, but I love the fact that you could, you could almost play anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you didn't have to go to a squash club to hit a ball against a wall yeah, or, 
And I also really like the fact that the ball always came back to you, <laughs> even if you made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Whereas with tennis, it's like, I, don't, I haven't played out. it enough, but I don't know, there's a lot of, I'd get annoyed hitting the net yeah. and then having to go and collect it. Yeah, and, exactly. And all of that. So, um, yeah, I felt the same. <laughs> um, so is there a moment, I guess, when you decided or realised that, because from what I've, what I've seen in, in the your stats and your, your biography you you achieved a huge amount from a very young age is there a is there a moment when you really decided that you know that's the path that you wanted to go on um it's funny because um a lot of people ask me that question and mm. um i don't really remember one particular moment where mm. i thought oh i want i want it to be my um my job mm. um i just um I just loved playing and uh, because the, my coach always uh, believed in me and thought I could go even, you know, further. I just kept on going. And so uh, when I became a European junior champion and then won the British Junior Open, I was like, okay, maybe I can do uh, something in the senior. And then, uh, yeah, I just kept on going. And after two years in the senior, when I turned up at uh, senior, I started having good results and I just thought, okay, keep going. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, is it is it Philippe? Was he your coach from the yes. beginning? Mm-hmm. Um, other than, I mean, belief in you is, is a pretty key trait. In a, <laughs> um, but is it what kind of uh, characteristics or traits did he have that kind of helped enable you to develop as a young player? I guess... Um, he knew how to uh, explain things to me and um, how to motivate me. Um, yeah, he, after a few years, he knew me pretty well and how I, I was working as a person as well. Mm. And um, it just uh, worked really well in between us. And that's why I think we we kept on working together. And were there any other people in your world, I guess, mm-hmm. at that time who were as influential or influential in maybe different ways? Well, uh, yeah, of course, my parents, uh, they've always been very um, understandable and uh, supportive, but mm. not pushing too much. Like I always thought they had uh, the right balance. And um, yeah, after when I was a bit um, like a teenager, about like 13 or 14, we uh, started having a fitness coach and uh, I still have the same one. So <laughs> it's been uh, like a very good team uh, effort from the, those years until now. What do you think you attribute some of your early success to? I think you mentioned that you're having fun and I think that's great and I think it's so important. But um, is there any specific things that you think you know, were contributory to your success as a young person? Um, I, it's funny because I, um, as I'm still playing, I don't really um, uh, look back, okay. you know, of yeah. what I've achieved or even when I was a junior, I, I don't think too much about it. As, as I don't really know how I did all of this because mm-hmm. um, as I was telling my Philippe and, and Fred, the fitness coach, um, I, I want more and I want to achieve more. So um, mm. I'm only looking uh, forward. So, yeah, I don't know. I will see you later. <laughs> That's interesting. I, and I, I can totally understand that. Um, but I also see a huge benefit 
in looking back sometimes and, and acknowledging ourselves for what we've done, I think that can actually bring, not only can you learn, I think that's maybe as a pro, you would tend to look backwards or, or in the past to learn from a lesson as opposed yeah. to actually um, acknowledge yourself for like mm. something that you did well. And I think I think what that can bring sometimes actually just a bit bit of a sense of gratitude or appreciation for actually what's happened so far mm -hmm. I think sometimes there's actually quite a lot of power behind that you know in driving you forward mm -hmm. so um I think that's something that's interesting to explore yeah true. but um but it, it can be very very easy to just always be focusing you mm -hmm. know looking to the next thing yeah have you found have you found that has been um, or how have you found that? Have you found that sometimes you've been too focused on, you know, the future and, and striving and you've forgotten to stay grounded or or even, yeah, as I said, like acknowledge yourself for <laughs> like the amazing things you've done already? <laughs> um, I think I'm the kind of person who um, sees more the negatives than positive sides of the of everything mm -hmm. in, in life in general. So... Um, yeah, every time I have a tough loss, we'll um, together with my team we'll uh, figure out why and what happened and uh, have the right questions and see um, how to improve. Mm -hmm. um, but as well, when I'm in a tough moment, tough period, I yeah sometimes I watch my matches when I won those big tournaments and see what was good. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah, you're right. It's good to. Um, to look at those moments as well but I don't focus too much on wow you know that <laughs> was a big uh, win or um, even sometimes people will remind me yeah you're the best French female player ever mm -hmm. and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't think too much about it like because if not I, I I can I can be like oh yeah that's good enough and then I will not um, go further yeah it's it's a very fine balance to yeah. find isn't it of mm -hmm. acknowledging yourself but not so much that you get complacent or you lose your drive to yeah, exactly. to continue to strive mm -hmm. which is important um so i guess to maybe just talk a little bit about your junior career mm -hmm. um or career what your <laughs> your time in the juniors you won the british open in the under 17s yeah um and the europeans three times in a row uh, and in 2007, you got to the final of the World Juniors as well, losing to Renin. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on um, just junior squash in general? Because I think at the time it can feel very encompassing. I don't know, um, you know, specifically how you felt about it, but how important do you think your time as a junior is? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and also just how important is success as a junior too? Well, the thing is, at that time, I thought it was very important. And uh, of course, I wanted to have the best results I could. But we've had actually uh, several different um, kind of people, you know, um, like some very successful people in juniors and they were still very successful in senior. And then like Thierry Lanku, uh, who was not the best in junior and then he became world champion uh, when he was older so um i think you can have both ways of going mm. um if you keep on working hard and believing that you can actually achieve something um even though you're you were not the best in juniors you can actually uh be good in senior and 
and it can be the other way around. I remember like when I played the British Open and the eleven the first <laughs> time, yeah. I got shopped by an Egyptian player, and I remember her name uh, was Osama, and um, she actually stopped playing after a few years, and she's not even I don't know what she's doing now. So you could you could be the best in the world in juniors and then actually not not even uh, keep on playing. So okay, so so I guess in your opinion, what would you say is the most important thing for anyone really to focus on as a young player that is maybe maybe serious about playing professionally or even not? But <laughs> what's what do you think the most important thing to focus on is? For me, I would always say to have fun on yeah. court. Um, because at the end of the day, it's still a game. Mm. You have to remember it's a game and it's it's sport. And you you started playing squash because you were having fun. So um, yeah, of course, I you need to train hard and you need to do other stuff than uh, normal kids would do. And uh, sometimes I remember when I was young, like some friends would go out, uh, play or do some stuff together, and I couldn't because I had to go training. So yeah, it's something you have to be disciplined about. But at the end of the day, you just have to, yeah, have fun on court. <laughs> and you joined, you actually joined the PSA when you were fifteen, or the WSA, yeah. or the Whisper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it was called yeah, then. Yeah, I think Whisper. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you joined when you were fifteen. Um, what was the reason behind that? And yeah, maybe just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, to be honest, um, I was. I was, um, how, how would you say, like, my coach wanted me to um, see the level in the mm. senior. And, um, like, playing European tournament in juniors were, it was good, but he wanted me to see the best of the worlds. Um, and um, thanks to him, uh, we could actually play with other kids as well in France. And then uh, when it was not enough, he's, he thought it would it would be a good idea to play actually uh, the the whisper tour as well, mm. just to have more matches and see how yeah how it works and um, how the how the players play and you know the differences between uh, being a junior and a senior. Mm. Yeah, I I think admittedly when I first read that I thought wow that's like that's really early to mm -hmm. to join um and i still think it is quite young but just thinking about it now from what you've <laughs> said i think you're so right particularly if you're if you're achieve even if you're not achieving mm -hmm. like you're the best in the junior and you need better games mm -hmm. i can really see a huge benefit to playing tournaments even if you're not necessarily training as a pro i think that's maybe how i envisioned it as you were and maybe you were i don't mm -hmm. know that's something that I'd like to ask you next is <laughs> did you just do it to play more matches and get different experience or did you sort of specifically say I'm going to be a professional at 15? No actually it was just for more getting more experience right. at the time yeah but it's funny because when when you see now those days the Egyptians they start when they're 14 mm. even and it doesn't um it doesn't look weird to us. <laughs> it just looks normal. So, uh, yeah, maybe at that time, 15 looked a bit young, but then now it's normal those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so is it is it something that you'd recommend to, to people now? Yeah, 
-hmm. I mean, definitely, because even though you, you don't want to become like a professional player later, like, um, as, as we said, it's a good experience. And even to travel when you're, mm -hmm. when you're young, you know, when I remember when I was going back to school, some kids would, oh, you were there, you were there. And yeah, I was kind of lucky to actually travel that much at this young age. Mm. So even for that, it's a good experience. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about that, actually. So you, you're obviously traveling a lot as a young player and serious about playing your squash. How did that affect your time at school and mm -hmm. as a young person kind of doing those kind of things? Well, I was lucky enough to um, actually go to a like special school where I could, um, at first I could train once a day And then uh, when I went to high school, it was like really like the, I went to the National uh, Sport Institute. Mm. And so all kind of, uh, you could you could see all kind of uh, athletes there. So like from basketball, uh, tennis players, um, swimming, I mean, any kind of sports. And uh, we, were tra we were all training twice a day, every day. Wow. From how young, sorry? So uh, high school, so I would say 15, wow. yeah. So, yeah, so, um, no, I was lucky enough to uh, to go there and be able to do both, actually, in mm. a very serious way. And how did you find that? Were you, were you able to balance that well, or...? I mean, not too bad, because no. uh, I was one of the... I was one of the kind of uh, traveling the most, and uh, I remember the year of the baccalaureate, you know, mm -hmm. the... Um, the the teachers were like, oh, I don't think she's ready to to do the test this year, and uh, maybe she should wait uh, September instead of um, June to do it. And I was like, no, I want to try it anyway. And I actually got it. Oh wow! And like pretty not easy, but I had a good <laughs> uh, good mark. And because uh, um, I've always been very serious about it, like I remember my parents telling me oh, it's good, like, you're, you're working hard in both, you know, school and, and sport. And um, it's funny because uh, comparing to my brother, he, <laughs> he didn't need to actually study as hard. He had more facilities okay. uh, than me. Uh, <laughs> Did he go to that same school as well? Or? Actually, yeah, for a year. And then he went to um, Aix-en-Provence. Okay. Um, so it was a bit different. But... Um, Yeah, no, I was, I was, I, I did pretty well, I think, considering all the mm. time uh, traveling. Yeah, and and I think the sort of social aspect of, you know, being a young person, that seemed probably works quite well if you're studying and training alongside people that are doing the same thing as you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you don't kind of feel maybe so, like you're so different, yeah. you know, to everyone. <laughs> true, true. Um, so at what point did you decide that, you know, you were going to play full time and I guess, did you just start as soon as you'd finished your studies? Well, when I had my baccalaureate, um, I, I've always wanted to have a, like a, something in case uh, I was, I would get injured or, you know, I wanted to have like a proper, mm. um, how would you say, um, um, like to go to university and have something else mm -hmm. like a backup plan yeah exactly yeah. and so when i was 18 and i i chose to uh, study journalism because i could actually stay in the at the french institute and uh, still train twice a day 
so it was supposed to be a three years um, like a studying program and I did it in six years instead okay (laughs) so yeah because I was still traveling a lot and you know playing all those PSA tournaments Mm -hmm. but I didn't care I just wanted to have something yeah you know uh, in case something bad was happening Mm. and did you find that having something else to think about alongside your playing was was healthy and important yeah it was it was healthy and even though sometimes it was hard to studying Mm. um it was good even meet some other some other people and um even now i i say i'm a full um squash player but i actually have a a a job kind of job um okay yeah it's well people would laugh when (laughs) when i say (laughs) that in france because they know i I don't work a lot when I'm home, but um, yeah. it's a special job for athletes. So they, it's just a little help um, for for athletes in France. And uh, so when I'm home on Mondays and Tuesdays, I try to go to work, do some uh, stuff on the website for the community. And um, I, I still like it because, yeah, I, I see other people. We talk about other stuff and they're actually very nice people because um, they support me as well in my squash so it's very mm. cool and other than you know you said that you meet other people and it's nice to focus your mind on something else mm-hmm. what what's this i would say what's the biggest impact that you've had not necessarily from just doing this job but from studying uh from just having another focus as well as playing yeah um and pursuing you know your potential sporting excellence what what is the biggest uh, impact that you know focusing on something else has as well within reason? Um, as for me, I would say it's um, to think about something else sometimes. <laughs> like I love squash, but uh, it's such a big part of my life that sometimes uh, being away from it is good. Um, I like I like having something else because. Uh, I still want to enjoy my squash. I still want to have fun. And even though it's a hard job, like, um, I don't want to get upset with it, you know? So, um, having something else on the side uh, helps me, uh, uh, finding the right balance. You can just get so zoomed in, can't you? In on one thing. And Mm -hmm. it kind of goes back to that point that I made about, you know, always looking forward or Mm -hmm. as opposed to looking back in some respects, I feel like if I, certainly when I play too much, I was so focused on just playing that, you know, it, it almost becomes a bit of a perfectionism. It's so much harder to yeah. appreciate like a good shot that you hit, particularly <laughs> like when you become as, as good as you've become, mm-hmm. the margins are so fine and you hold such a high standard to yourself. It, mm-hmm. I think what that, what that does is create a bit of space for you to, even if it's just a little bit to yeah. pre- appreciate what yeah. you're doing and, because exactly. it is a, is a real a real special gift to be playing mm-hmm. to be to be doing this as a job yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. So, in your sort of early years on the tour of playing professionally and you know doing your other things as well, what what do you think the biggest lessons that you learned were? You know, as a young professional or as a young person playing on the tour or as a professional. Um, I would say it was not easy to uh, go on my own and travel on by myself um but in a in a way it makes it made me um 
um, how would you say, be getting mature mm -hmm. uh, faster. And uh, so I would say that was the positive sign, even though it was hard being away from home and from my family and it's still here. But um, I think traveling and like uh, discovering other cultures and people and um, is one of the best thing um, of uh, being a professional uh, athlete, I think. Hmm. Do you have a favorite culture or place that you've been to? <laughs> uh, no, it's too hard to to pick actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing the thing I've realized the more I travel is the more amazing places you realize there are. Yeah, true. So, you as I said, you've achieved like a huge amount on tour and as a junior, and I can imagine a lot of people sort of on the surface who just see the results must think wow like does she ever actually fail you know are there, does she have bad days and that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. is there a time that stands out where you really lost belief in yourself um there's a few times <laughs> actually yeah um i mean it's always up and downs and um it's funny because sometimes i i look uh, I look back and I am like all those uh, hard moments for just um, yeah one really short happy moment when you when you win these big titles or um, of course at that time you forget all the the bad moments but every time you lose you're like wow it's really hard work it's it's a long journey and uh, um, yeah there's there was a few times that um, even with my coach, we were like, okay, do we keep on working together? What do we do? And uh, I, I think the the worst part, the worst time was like um, almost two years ago when I uh, when I lost the uh, first round in uh, Al Aram uh, tournament in Egypt, and um, that was the first time that we actually uh sat down together and questioned ourselves about what to do next and uh, if we kept on working together and uh, if yes what what would we change and um it's funny because after that that was the my best season so far mm. um but yeah it's it's like um we we always talk about how to improve and even him would uh, recognize um, his mistakes uh, sometimes, you know, um, saying, okay, this wasn't the, the right, the, the right uh, decision and we didn't go the right, uh, the right way. And like, for example, at the, the beginning of this year, um, a few months ago, we um, tried uh, to change my game a little and uh, I went too far and lost my personality on court mm. and... Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a long journey actually. Um so what did you what did you learn or what were the steps that you took forward after kind of having that you mentioned you mentioned specifically this moment after the Alaram mm -hmm. um where I think that's where one thing that failure or tough times do is they kind of hold up a signpost that something needs to change. Mm -hmm. Um so were the, what were the kind of steps that you took to get from you know this moment where you're as you said you really lost belief in what you're doing um whether you're going in the right direction what mm. were the kind of steps that you took to get as you said you know into actually quite a good place and, and yeah. into to playing better 
Well, um, we questioned ourselves uh, on a few stuff. Um, I mean, my game, obviously, but how we were training as well. Like, um, even dealing with my stress, because um, I've, I've always struggled with um, how to deal with my stress before the matches. And so I told him, yeah, maybe yoga could, could help me. And so I started yoga. Uh, extra uh, because I was already um, seeing a mental coach and uh, we thought maybe that was not enough so um, I started yoga and then um, yeah we tried to uh, to think if I should uh, train more spend more hours on court or uh, I mean uh, watching some more matches you know doing some videos um, there was a few stuff like that that we uh, we arranged. Mm-hmm. And what what impact did the yoga have? Did it help? <laughs> yeah, I think it did. Um, I really I really love it. Um, I mean, for my stress, how to deal with it, and even for um, like my stretching uh, part, um, I wanted to get more uh, flexible as well. Um, so yeah, I really love it. And how did you, how would you say compare the work that you did with your mental coach compared to, you know, doing a yoga practice Mm -hmm. or a self-practice? Well, the mental coach was more, uh, yeah, talking and, um, the, the yoga part was more breathing stuff and, uh, how to, uh, make my body, um, and mind a bit more relaxed before the match whereas with the mental coach I have like specific um, thoughts before the match that I have to uh, remember myself mm-hmm. so it's a bit different I like that and I think the way I see it is sort of a, with the working with a mental coach is where you can sort of learn practices and I guess concepts to apply whereas yoga is a bit more or a meditation practice is more of a self well, is a self-driven thing where you're mm-hmm. you're listening more to your own thoughts and I guess maybe figuring out the stuff that um that you've been taught by your mental coach or applying it through a practice of you of yourself like yeah. through better understanding yeah, it's more of like a self-led mm-hmm. practice yeah exactly so I mean you've you've just continued to to rise up the rankings really <laughs> um from you know previously you as i said you you were um you were top 15 by uh, the age of 19 top 10 by the age of 22 <laughs> top 5 by 25 and now as i've said in the intro you're you're established as one of the the top players in the world um on your on your day <laughs> and, and uh that's amazing so what but what's the shadow side of being a, an athlete what's the cost of pursuing sporting excellence <laughs> being an athlete well as i said um, people most of the time see uh, the success mm. and uh, they forget all the hard work behind um, it's a lot of time spent uh, on court um, or even at home thinking about uh, how to improve uh, watching some uh, matches um, even on weekends, sometimes we have to go train. So um, it's, uh, it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, sometimes when, um, I mean, I think traveling is one of the, we, 
reward we get mm. like a very positive side and absolutely we yeah some friends they say oh you're so lucky to go there and i'm like yeah i know and uh <laughs> i really enjoy those times and uh consider myself very lucky um but yeah still it's a lot of work even on like um food how to eat uh when to sleep <laughs> mm. you can't you can't party too much so it's um it's a different way of life and people uh, forget about that and how do you personally manage it how do you find that balance within within your life well the i'm lucky enough to have like a fiance that do uh, mm. sports as well uh it makes it easier um to live together and um be able to understand each other about uh, our way of life um so yeah i mean not everyone is going to have a relationship with someone that, yeah. that is an athlete yeah. so um what do you is there anything you know or is there anything that maybe you do together or that you you like is that you understand that someone else might understand as well that you do to kind of create balance you know with each other well first the traveling i think um if i was with someone um being home all the time and not i think it would be hard to understand uh, me being away so much um he knows how it is and um it's it's tough sometimes because we don't have the same seasons and um (laughs) i kind of have my holidays when he's uh, having his big uh, competitions and it's the other way around as well so um it's it's tough in a way but in the same time we understand each other and we know why we're doing it and do you ever do you ever get bored (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's a lot right and you've been playing for a very long time do you have days when you get bored and bored of my squash yeah yeah um (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah if you want to talk about quentin as well (laughs) no that's no that's funny because someone told me yeah at least you don't get bored together because you don't see each other so much (laughs) yeah yeah. which which is true (laughs) um bored of my squash no, not bored, just a bit tired sometimes. Traveling is great, but sometimes you want to be home as well. And uh, yeah, a week or two of uh, real holidays, not doing any sport is good as well sometimes. <laughs> mm. And what, you, you know, you mentioned that you're, you know, it's it's a very different and like quite luxurious lifestyle in some ways, the amount you get to travel and and train and particularly at your stage of your career where you're you're at the top end of the events as well and at the top end of the world rankings what what kind of keeps you grounded and keeps you as you know just Camille Sam the human being <laughs> <laughs> um i think first is because we're playing squash <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know yeah. it's not a, such a big sport uh-huh. like we're not uh, we're not famous we i mean in france nobody knows who i am or almost so <laughs> um i think it's it's easy to keep uh, i mean to stay simple yeah it sounds like you just humble anyway <laughs> <laughs> i guess i've learned something when i was young um i remember when i started having good results as a as a kid um Two of my friends uh, start started uh, saying that I was a bit uh, arrogant and gave me a hard time. <laughs> right. And uh, I think that 
it stayed in my mind and um, I thought I would never want to uh, live uh, this again. Hmm. <laughs> that's really that's really cool. Um, okay, so you mentioned just a minute ago about you you're dealing you deal with quite naturally a lot of stress before you play or mm-hmm. in the lead up to um, your games. Where do you feel that that pressure comes from or that stress comes from? That's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, you can't duck out of these <laughs> ones. These are, these are the deeper ones. Okay. <laughs> you can take as long as yeah, you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, the, the first thing you want to say is because you want to win hmm. and uh, you want it so badly that you you became afraid of um, losing and uh, being at the beginning of everything again and you're like sometimes you feel so close of your ultimate game of ultimate uh, dream and when you lose you're like I need to do it all over again and um, it's as I was saying it's so hard work but then sometimes I think I was afraid of uh, disappointing people um my coach my family um so that could be a reason it's not always the case i'm not thinking about it all the time but i think it happened before in my career um yeah did i answer correctly absolutely (laughs) and how, how does when you feel that way how does it manifest in your body or in oh. the way that you are? <laughs> it's uh, it comes f- as it's funny because sometimes I feel it in my head like I know I'm I'm getting nervous, and sometimes my body feels it before like I get a real pain in my stomach, like, and to be honest, the last time it happened was not too long ago. It was just before Alguna, and. Uh, a few stuff went on like we our flight was cancelled and so we had to leave one day later and so I started being a bit nervous about it because I you know I like being um, on on the on the tournament side like a few days before and so mm. I was losing one day there and, and then I started being uh, yeah very very stressed and uh, I had a lot of pain in my in my stomach yeah and mm-hmm. so it's funny because the um, Usually I would I would need like a osteopath to help me. Okay. Yeah, and uh, this time I couldn't. It was night time, and <laughs> so um, Quentin t- started uh, questioning me and and telling me you need to say out loud what's going on. Okay. You need to get it out, you know, and just saying it out loud uh, actually helped. Okay, so you just verbalize yeah. your fears or your worries. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what what benefit or result does that have well i felt better physically straight away it's funny but um yeah the pain in my stomach uh, was not as painful <laughs> mm. the two reasons that kind of stand out for me there is because when you're breathing or when you're <laughs> when you're talking or you're do you feel like you're breathing more like you're you're because by definition of speaking you mm. are you have to breathe more and control your breath and I think something that I notice is when I feel stressed or nervous, mm-hmm. I'm barely breathing at all. Yeah. So everything's all tense in, in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and d- is that the case or do you, do you um, find that? Yeah, or even mentally, just um, I think um, it makes me 
really uh, concentrate on what's going on and mm. um, um, yeah I think mentally it helps me to figure out what's going on yeah because it if it stays in your head exactly. it just tends to go around the same circle exactly, and, and you're not sure what's mm. going on and this time I really had to focus and say okay what's going on what mm. what is bothering me and I was like oh actually yeah because we're gonna be there one day later and then this and this and yeah and then once you realize those things then you can bring a bit more acceptance to it or exactly you see them for what they are as you say it's a fact and i can't do anything i can change it so just accept it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and is there something that you still say to yourself like that may be something that goes around in your head before a match day to day whatever um like your inner critic almost that you want to drop like you're looking to try and work with but you haven't quite figured out how to yet um yeah i think it's still something i'm working on because uh really yeah because it's, <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> it's something uh yeah. like sometimes i don't feel it coming i feel the pain in my stomach and i'm like oh shit what's going on why am i stressed and so it makes me think about it and yeah as mm. I said, my body makes me realize it before my head. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's a good thing, isn't it? To have mm-hmm. a, something that tells us. Yeah. <laughs> is there a specific um, kind of thing or thought that goes round that, like, most often that you want to, you know, stop? Or would you just say general stress? Mm. I would say general stress. Okay. <laughs> okay, so now we'll move on to some more lighter, joyous things. Okay. Um, <laughs> can you capture your ideal mindset when you're at your best or how does it feel how does it look when you're playing at your your best um i think it's when i'm really focused on what to do on court um i remember um, when i won the toc before each match i was um like i had a routine so i'm watching my opponent play i i have a note on what to do on court what's you know what's there um uh ah um what they do well and what they do wrong and mm-hmm. then i have my tactic plan for the for the match and uh we talk about it with my coach and uh see if we uh, both agree okay and then um when the match goes on i i focus only on what how to play you know what's the tac- what's the tactic plan uh if it doesn't work what's the plan b and um that's when I play my best. I, I, I'll try to, um, uh, how would you say, to play my, my game, like mm. volleying and attacking when I can. Um, but of course it, it could, uh, I, I need to adjust um, mm. whoever, whoever I play, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's starting being hard to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you need to take a, a minute Are you okay? Okay. That, that seems like a very simple and very useful way to just get completely focused on what you need to do do you mm. find or have you found that sometimes you can be too focused on it or not focused enough what's the what's the balance there where it goes wrong do you tend to focus too much on it and be too rigid or um, not focused at all on it <laughs> um i would not say too focused on not I would say the fact that the um, you think 
when you when you arrive at the core and for example the TRC, you're like, whoa, I'm actually gonna play in the Grand Central Station, mm. and this is one of the biggest tournament on the in the world, and you're like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> the like the big uh, the big thing uh, hits you, and yeah. you can't. You're like, oh, okay, what's going on? You know, one of the sudden, and uh, that's when sometimes you feel the pressure going on and. Um, if that happened, um, I'll try to do my yoga breathing before the match and uh, refocus on what what to do on court, what mm-hmm. I how I'm gonna play. Could you maybe just explain a little bit more what the yoga breathing is, or what that um, very simply how you how you go about that? Yeah, I mean it's very simple stuff I do before the match. Like uh, I'll just breathe very deeply for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, like try to take as much hair as I can and take take it all out. Um, very simple. <laughs> Great. Um, and is there a moment in your career or your life that gives you the most joy to think about? <laughs> hmm. Um, in squash, I would say obviously the big uh, tournaments that I won. Is there one specific that just makes you smile the most to think about, or? No, they were all three specials. Like, (laughs) the British Open was very unexpected. Okay. And it was the first one. Um, So it was special. And then the US Open was special because it was right after the the Alaram Open. Right. Like a month and a half after that. And you beat Noor in the Shabini. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, so it was very special because I I came back from far. (laughs) From really far. And TOC was special because I've always dreamed of, you know, playing this tournament even because mm. at the beginning it was only a main event. So uh, actually right. winning it and, you know, the name of it, like Tournament of Champions, it makes you, uh, it makes it special. Yeah. And a good friend of mine was there as well to mm-hmm. witness it. So <laughs> it mm. was uh, special. Yeah, it's nice to have people to share it with. Yeah, exactly. So... In your opinion, what percentage of um, success on the world stage is related to the mind? Ooh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. What percentage? Uh, I know it's quite, you know, like a yeah. nebulous question, but if you had to put a figure on it, what, what would you say? Mm, I think I would say about... Um, 70 percent because i know we all put on a lot of work like everyone is working not not the same way but as hard and when you get in there it's the mind who does a lot of i mean the difference Mm -hmm. and uh how you trust yourself and how you if you're going to be confident and that's all mind stuff so sure I would say, yeah, 70%. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And is there something that we or anyone listening can do to help practice or develop that? Because that's really one of the main reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. It's called Finding Balance. And Mm -hmm. I think certainly within squash, it's such a multidimensional game, but there's such a huge emphasis on the physical side in training. And I'd really like to kind of illuminate some more practices and ideas and see the benefits of focusing on the the more um, 
the non-physical side mm-hmm. of development. So um, is there something specific that you, you would suggest? A Camille Cern <laughs> top tip? Well, I, I would say to get... I think everyone would need a mental coach. Okay. Yeah, I think um, even though you don't really feel like it, I think it's always nice to have someone to talk with a bit outside of your family or friends. Um, gives you another opinion, another uh, point of view. Mm, and as I think it would be good to uh, start as young as you can. Like I was, I was happy and lucky enough to start when I was maybe a teenager. I mean, seventeen or eighteen, and I think it helped me a lot. Um, and then I don't know. I like yoga is a good thing as well. As you said, uh, you question yourself and um, yeah, you you learn how to um, uh, deal with yourself <laughs> better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and is there a, I mean, you've, you've probably already said it, but if there's another one, then please share. Okay. But is there a habit or practice that you do daily that contributes to your inner success and well-being? I would say um, <laughs> chat with my fiancé and family. Okay. Yeah, it's something important for me. I need the, I need their support and the, their point of view on almost everything. <laughs> and they, they kind of know and love you for who you are, right? Rather than mm-hmm. just being, you know, Camille, yeah. the squash player. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and of all the mental skills... What do you think is the most important mental skill that we can focus on to develop? Mm, what do you What do you mean? <clears throat> so it's difficult <laughs> because I want to use examples, but every time I use examples, people tend to oh. use those ones. <laughs> so, um, like an example could be focus or um, determination, or I don't want to one more uh, like resilience, like the ability to keep. Yeah, bouncing back. Can't use any of those ones <laughs> unless uh, you really believe okay, one no, of them. Okay, <laughs> no. Um, I would have say confidence. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it's. You said the most important. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think it's one of the most important for sure. And how do we? How can we develop that? Because I think a lot of times our confidence is based on when things are going right, and our confidence is lost when things are going wrong. Um, and I think I don't think that needs to be the case. Exactly. Would you agree? Yeah. No, I, I'm laughing because I'm still working on it. Yeah, of course, we all we all are. I mean, so yeah. it's funny because I I don't really have the answer how to. Um, I'm trying to figure it out mm-hmm. myself. Um, I would say from your experience yeah, so far. I would say, yeah. Don't 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 think too much about winning or losing. That it. it can't be the consequences on being confident or not um but at least try like try to do your best and um try to be positive on what you're doing and that would bring you confidence if that makes sense (laughs) absolutely yeah i think just because if you base your confidence on something that's outside of your control exactly 
it's always going to fluctuate it's yeah. always going to change so mm-hmm. it has to be something rooted within yeah and that's much much easier said than yeah it than is, done. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, <clears throat> so you must get asked a whole bunch of questions mm-hmm. including the ones that i've asked but <laughs> what do you think is the question that people or we should be asking more to each other or to you but what's what's a question that we should be asking more <laughs> I should know because I studied journalism as well, so <laughs> <laughs> I should know what what I would like to know about uh, our kids. I think maybe how do you deal how do you deal with um, with tough times? How, yeah, what do you do when it's not going the direction you want to? And yeah, what's your plan? What do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you feel like we could have spoken about that more <laughs> no <laughs> we did already <laughs> but no I'm, I'm just curious like I'm thinking if I was actually you and uh, interviewing someone else I, w- I would love to know even like other you know my opponents how do you, how do they deal with it mm. what do they do I'd like to know that <laughs> sure okay well, <clears throat> just before we go on to the final kind of group of questions, mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you, Camille. Thank oh, you for thank ma- you. really for making the time in your day during a, <laughs> during a tournament. Um, that that's really special for me. So thank you, and and thank you for being you know so honest and sharing <laughs> some more vulnerable times. You know, despite still being in your career at the moment, and um, I and we kind of appreciate you mm-hmm. and and the way that you're you know, that you're representing yourself on, on court. I think thank it's you. it's inspiring for, for many people. Thank so, you. So thank, <laughs> thank you, come on, really. Thank you. Um, if, if anyone's kind of interested, as I'm sure they are, um, if they're not already following you and want to, you know, learn more about you, follow your progress, what's the best way to, uh, yeah, to keep up to date with you and, and connect with you, maybe? Um, well, I have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um um, I post a few stuff. I mean, obviously, I post my uh, results in tournaments, and uh, I share a few uh, <coughs> other stuff, like what I do in trainings and stuff. Um, my account on Instagram is more personal, so okay. yeah, I post a lot of personal stuff from my life from every day. So great. Sometimes I don't know. Some people can be interested in. And how <laughs> can we find those? Are they just both at Camille Sun? Yeah, exactly. Okay, on mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll link that up in the show notes and <laughs> thank you. Make sure anyone connects or has any answers, asks any questions yeah. about you, mm-hmm. and gets to view both both sides of you. <laughs> um, lastly, is there is there like a book recommendation or resource that you would recommend to anyone that's listening? Um, to be honest, I don't read a lot. <laughs> But um, there's a French book called Les Vertus de l'échec. So okay. it's in French. Yeah. But I really liked it because um, it's about when you fail and okay. how to, uh, um, in French, we say go back on horse. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Get back uh, in the saddle. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. yeah it's, uh, okay. I didn't know how to say it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I I think I read it after my tough loss in LRM and okay. 
I'd like to read it again, actually. Mm. <laughs> is there is there a kind of a translated version as well, or? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, well. You'll have to look at it. <laughs> you'll have to either tell me that the name of the book again, yeah, or yeah. write it down for me, <laughs> sure. and I'll, I'll link it up. But I will. Is it written by a sports person as well, or is it just a for general? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. So. Final questions. Okay. I'm just going to say like the beginning of a sentence okay. and you just finish it with either a word or <clears throat> a few words to finish it. Okay. All right. Let's try. Let's see how this goes. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Success is? Tough. <laughs> Failure is? <laughs> you can't use the same uh, word Yeah. Twice. Okay. Okay. Um, f- failure? Failure is? Um... Painful. Squash is? Fun. My vision is? Trying to be more positive. (laughs) It all comes down to? What does that mean exactly? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel feel like I might have had to explain this one. Um, Sorry. No, no, don't be. It all comes down to, so at the end of the day, what really matters is? Okay. Mm, enjoying life all right (laughs) thank you thanks and thank you everyone for for listening i really hope that you enjoyed uh, the conversation as much as i did and i hope camille did as well Mm. and if you did then please reach out to either of us i'm at tom ford squash on social media camille's at camille sum on her facebook page and instagram um, if you enjoying these conversations in general, then follow or subscribe to the page on SoundCloud at the moment. And uh, yeah, just reach out with any any kind of thoughts or questions that you have. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the meantime, have a great week and uh, I'll catch you with the next conversation. Peace.